0: Hello, DD&D D D listeners. It's Ryan here, and I've got our third new show to introduce you to during this, you know, toughest of hiatuses. It is called H.P. Dumbcraft. It is a pulp Cthulhu, which is a call of Cthulhu show, where you can venture into a world of mystery, madness, and birthday cake as the mystery punchers battle the mythos in the small town of Helmfirth. We've got our amazing storyteller, Tom McGee. And then you can join Red, played by Claire Blackwood. Adrian, played by me, Ryan LaPlante. Old Man Richter, played by Tyler Hewitt, who are childhood friends and their erstwhile mentor who return home to try and save a friend. The show's also hosted by H.P. Dumbcraft himself, special guest star, Lehman Kessler. So please, enjoy H.P. Dumbcraft. And if you do, there are a bunch of episodes available so you can go over, subscribe, review, All that good stuff. Enjoy! Good evening. I am H.P. Dumbcraft, the lesser-known cousin of H.P. Lovecraft. And whilst my erstwhile cousin gets all the credit, I too have gazed into the void and have spooky stories of my own. Welcome to H.P. Dumbcraft, a live play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into the mysteries of the mythos. Our story begins with two erstwhile companions on a long and winding road. They think they are fleeing danger, but little do they know a great horror awaits them. For they are not just running away from mortal danger, but toward the dumb horrors of the mythos.
1: So, the Great War changed many things. It changed the world forever, it changed the way people think about war, it changed the way I think the world thinks about itself. But for you, the war was spent differently. For you, the war was spent solving mysteries. Few of you were uh, child detectives uh, who had uh, grown up together in the the, the town of uh, Helmforth, um, a uh, small but but nice uh, town in uh, what's known as Love, now known as Lovecraft Country, USA, uh, place of spooky happenings and mysterious goings on, and enough so that uh, as as young kids, you you started to realize that uh, there might be. Crimes afoot Possibly Mysterious crimes And you decided You were going to Punch those crimes Right in the face And thus were born The mystery punchers Currently the year is 1932 Things have changed a lot Since the end of the war Things have changed a lot Since the 1920s Fascism is on the rise Uh, There's talk of uh, Massive international Scale conflicts Just lurking on the horizon uh, but for some of you, those concerns feel very, very distant. Uh, Claire, specifically for you and Ryan, um, the two of you um, being uh, sort of of the, the criminal variety have uh, have led a slightly different life um, and have most recently uh, been tearing up the streets of Boston uh, as part of a uh, bootlegging crew um, that's generally been up to no good. Uh, but uh, the two of you have been uh, together for a long time. Uh, you've been friends for a long time. Uh, Ever since your days as carefree children in the towns of uh, Helmfirth, you two have been kind of running around getting up to no good. Um, But, of course, none of that matters if we don't know who you are. So, Claire, who are you?
2: Well, um, my name's Tracy Jones, but I go by Red.
1: Mm. Mm -hmm. And uh, what's your deal?
2: Well, uh, I just found myself in a position of being the uh, leader of the bootlegging gang.
1: What was the name of the gang?
2: Well, the name of the gang were uh, the Shoelaces.
1: Shoelaces. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the Shoelaces uh, were a fairly successful crew. Um, Boston had no shortage of uh, gangsters and air dwells. Um, But the two of you have been looking out for each other uh, ever since uh, your days as young kids. But more importantly, uh, ever since you escaped the orphanage together. But we'll get into that later on. Um, Part of the reason your crew is so successful, though, was because of the vast amount of muscle you have in it. Which brings us to Ryan. Uh, So Ryan... Your character uh, grew up with Red. Um, you've known each other for a very long time, uh, and she kind of takes care of you. It's a bit of a, a Lenny and uh, was this Nuts from what's this Jesus. I'm so literary. <laughs> you mean br- Bruce? No, from <laughs> f- Lenny and Carl. No, <laughs> God. Okay, oh, <yeah>, we're all <laughs> the same <laughs> Lenny page. Bruce. Uh, I like all no, of these uh, so far. Of Mice and Men. Uh, of Mice and Men. Lenny like the man and or the mouse. I can't. <sighs> Lenny and Mouse. Yes, great. Get Dead it. mouse. I'm... The DJ Dead Mouse. You hung out with a DJ named Dead Mouse. It's, it's Dead Mouse Five. Great. <laughs>
3: You Honestly,
1: I, I was a bigger fan <laughs> of Dead Mouth Three. Um, so um, yeah, so Ryan, your um, your character is uh, he, he's a bit of a, a sweet simpleton, as I understand. Um, and you've uh, you take care of the the, the bruising, but uh, you also desperately rely on Red to uh, to keep you on the straight and narrow. Uh, who are you? What's your character?
0: Yeah, so my my character... uh, I'll save the voice for when it's necessary. Uh, (laughs) uh, He he looks like a mix between, like, Luca Brazzi from The Godfather and Lurch from The Addams Family, so just very tall, very broad, kind of creepy. His name is Adrian Tyrese Diesel, uh, and his nickname is Try Again, as in Try Again, (laughs) Adrian, because he is very violent but very stupid and often has to be told to do things (laughs) twice because he executes them the wrong way.
1: Great. Um so part of uh the way we're going to be working the story out is uh we're going to be jumping back and forth a time in time a little bit. So the main narrative is going to happen uh in the current year, 1932. Um however, uh as we go and as you begin to kind of look into the mysteries of the universe, uh we'll continue to kind of unfold uh, your respective backstories and kind of what happened back in the day. Um what you need to know for now is um the two of you uh, have been friends since childhood. Um Claire, you feel particularly responsible uh, for Adrian because he once saved your life, uh, and it cost him rather dearly. Oh, um, sorry, bud. The, the, uh, <laughs> the two of you were in a... Uh, there was a, a massive fire in a church in your hometown that uh, unfortunately killed your parents. Um, My parents? Yeah, uh, both, both of oh. your parents. So You, you were all at the, uh, the service at the same time. So both of you lost uh, both sets of parents, uh, as well as one of your childhood friends, one of the mystery punchers, Um, uh, her name was, uh, Sally Harris. It's not very
0: often I get to just write dead parents on a sheet, but it's a good (laughs) day. Really? I do
2: more than (laughs) I should.
1: Name, dead parents. Sally, what was the name? Harris? Sally Harris. Um, and. She was a friend. Uh, Yes. yes. So basically, um, and we'll get into this a bit later, um, but there were, uh, four mystery punchers. There were the two of you, Sally Harris and little Benny Jones. Um, Is so, that little or lil with an apostrophe? Um, I think, hmm. <laughs> I think he would always try and force the extra pronunciation, but like, realistically, it's Lil Benny Harris. Yeah. Um, or sorry, Lil Benny Jones. Fuck, I'm going to fuck that up a lot. Um, so, um... In broad strokes, in terms of how this directly affects you now, uh, the two of you um, with your with no one left to take care of you in Helmforth uh, were sent to an orphanage um, just outside of Boston uh, known as, I wrote it down somewhere in my book, uh, Madam Finnegan's Orphanage. Um, so you both spent a couple years there. But, uh, Red, you quickly realized this was was no place for enterprising folks such as yourselves. Um, so you guys kind of struck out on your own um, in, uh, so we've been around 1916. Um, you guys were both around 30, so you're kind of like, you know. I mean, we we were, were in that orphanage for a while. <laughs> uh, no, the uh, the fire happened uh, the year before. So oh, okay. you, you had kind of like a nice life in Helmforth, and then uh, the fire struck, parents died, off to the orphanage. And Red, you saw Opportunity in Boston that wasn't here. Uh, so you guys have been kind of together on the street as a gang for a really long time. For
2: like 16 years, yep. roughly. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep, yep.
1: And I think you probably joined uh, another gang and worked your way up, uh, possibly by your shoestrings. Um, and uh, eventually, kind of, Red, I think you saw Opportunities and, and struck out. But um, the two of you have kind of been, been each other's guide for a long time. And I think, generally speaking, um, in the way a lot of kind of small-town tragedies work, you don't... Well, I mean, Adrian's not much of a talker anyway. You don't really talk about this sort of shit. It's important to your backstories, but the two of you, you've had 15 freewheeling years. um, And, uh, you know, war came and went. Prosperity returned. You guys have been kind of running the streets ever since. Uh, So that's the two of you. Um, But some people never leave home, and some people kind of uh, stay and, and, tr- and sort things out. Uh, Tyler, your character um, has continued to live in Helmfirth, and even though you knew the mystery punchers and tried to kind of guide them and help them along the way, that was some time ago, and to you, I think they were one of many passing interests, but given the the width and breadth of what your character is interested in, Um, I think he thinks of them the way you might think of like a really nice sunrise you saw one day or like a cool book you read that you can't remember anything about, but remember enjoying. Hmm. Um, because as I understand it, your character is, um, a bit not absent-minded, but busy minded. Um, as, as, I understand it, uh, who are you? What's, what's your story?
3: Uh, so my name is Richter. Um, just Richter, often referred to by the neighborhood kids as old man Richter. Uh, I'm a 70 year old man. And, um, yeah, I am, uh, uh, as you do in, in a town like Helmferth, uh when you're not out there kind of telling your own story, people start to tell stories about you. Um, and so old man Richter has kind of a reputation around town, um, kind of looking out through the the shades of his home and things like that and not really going out very much. And so he starts to build up a reputation of, you know, well, how did he get to live in that big house of his? Uh, did he kill his parents? Did he kill the previous owners? That kind of thing? Um, they don't see me around at neighborhood barbecues or anything like that. so I, I really do keep to myself in my uh, in
1: my big lonely house. Cool. And um, what do you do for work? if anything? Um, I, oh, what uh, did you do for work? I guess you could be retired at seventy. i I, I did
3: own like a, a curiosity shop.
1: Curiosity shop? That's kind of cool.
3: Yeah, yeah, just full of strange uh, antiques. Um, a lot of people thought I was just kind of making up the stories about them. Um, right. But uh, that wasn't entirely
1: the case. Okay, every time. so I think, uh, I think I'm think i going to say that shop still exists. Um, you still run it, but maybe on the, uh, almost um, as-re-fail hours from Good Omens, where it's just like you have two days a week hmm. or something. But um, given your interest in the occult, I think it, it is a... Uh, a space that um, you run it as a shop, but it's also you know it's like a it's like a hoarder who runs an antique shop. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, I knew a guy like this once, and that was his deal: was like if if I just had this shit at my house, I would die. But right. mm-hmm. instead, I'll just put it in a shop and then sell it, and that way I can continue the hunt f- forever mm-hmm. uh, without mm-hmm. losing it. Um, so the mystery punchers were re- uh, regular guests of your shop, um, and you you remember them very fondly, but. Um, uh, things have been a bit cloudy for you since the fire. Um, you you also were uh, were present during it, and um, you uh, you remember a great catastrophe. But um, I, you know, again, it's uh, if I understand your character correctly, uh, his his mind is constantly moving forward, not necessarily dwelling on is that yeah. is that correct? Yeah, yeah this he has ca- things to look forward to as opposed to a past to dwell on. Yeah, cool. Um, so, old man Richter, you um, you. Uh you've been, again, just kind of like running your shop. Uh, Helmforth is an interesting place, uh, particularly for someone with an interest in the occult. Not unlike the kids that you used to help on their, their little missions, um, you've always got the sense that something's a bit off here. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's certainly been multiple instances. Um, a good analog for this is Derry from uh, Stephen King's kind of like main universe where a lot of people just live in this town and it's fine, but like weird shit happens. That's the town from it, right? Yeah. It's the town from it. It's the town from insomnia. It's in a bunch of his stories, but basically like a a place, well, similar to it, a place where a bunch of people could go missing and it would still just kind of be like, oh, yeah, there's... there's That's people. what happens in that happens. Yeah, it's like Cabot Cove and Murder, She Wrote, which is like people die every week and everyone's <laughs> yeah. just like, this is fine. Um,
0: there are only 200 of us, but I mean, it's only <laughs> one person a week. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, it was nighttime.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we can get at least a few years worth of seasons out of this before she has to move to New York. <laughs> Guys, I really love Murder, She Wrote. Um, anyway, no. <laughs> uh, so um, our story begins with um, Red and Adrian... Um, You're several miles outside of Boston, um, and you've stopped at uh, kind of like a a roadside diner. Um, Things got real bad in Boston uh, for the gang. Um, Unfortunately, with uh, kind of the influx of wealth and bootlegging and everything else, uh, you ended up on the radar of a few mobsters who uh, felt that maybe they could manage the territory a bit better than you could. Um, So you've lost touch with the rest of your gang. It's pretty much just down to the two of you. Um, and kind of being at loose ends You realized you needed to get, get the hell out of dodge So you two have been on the run for a couple of days uh, You managed to lose uh, the last of your pursuers uh, About a day and a half ago So you feel like you're you're kind of out of harm's way um, But unfortunately Particularly for you Red You pretty much had to, to leave with what was on your back So uh, your wealth is gone Your kind of status is gone um, Just and- to check My sheet says I have $25,000 in assets Is that true? <sighs> Uh, no, that's probably a typo. Okay. Um, but I have $250 uh, cash. Actually, uh, no. So assets are weird in this game. Um The other thing is uh, we're playing uh, Call of Cthulhu, uh, specifically the pulp variation on Call of Cthulhu, uh, which is a new game for all four of us. So throughout the, the game, um, we will be stopping occasionally to talk about rules and talk about other things.
0: <laughs> like this very strange question. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> very good story. Uh, sorry share Tom. the wealth there. No, that's <laughs> okay. So
1: essentially um, the way, uh, and th- forgive me anyone listening who knows these rules better than I do, because... I'm a noob, um, but essentially you have three levels of wealth. Um, one level, which is, I believe,
0: Spend, there's spending level, then there's cash, and then assets are the three that are yeah. listed in that.
1: So, spending level, as I understand it, it's either spending level or cash. One of the two is essentially just thought of to be what you have on hand at all times. So, it's actually such kind of meaningless money to you that you can just in in the course of a day, if you're like, okay, I, um, like I call us a taxi, if you just have. A spending level appropriately, then it's just fine. You just have a, a taxi. We don't need to nickel and dime our oh, right way through this. Nice. Okay,
0: so I can spend like fifty bucks a day, kind of thing. At spending level, sort of.
1: Now, cash is like what you have on hand. Because which one's higher for you right now? Spending or
0: spending is fifty. Cash is two hundred and fifty, and assets is twenty five thousand.
2: You're going to be bankrolling this whole expedition. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I am not good at math. I to, That's why I still have I money. Am fifty <laughs> cents. Two
2: hundred
1: and fifty would be something to the equivalent of like if you wanted to physically buy things in the game that would need to be bought. Like, oh, we want that's a car. What I could spend. Um, and then your assets. Are just that. I'm gonna say the assets for you. We can leave it at that amount, um, but they're all tied up in weirdness back in Helmfirth. So it's you know your parents like willed you a bunch of stuff. Unfortunately, after the fire, you were in no state to.
0: Yeah, and then I disappeared. So it's not like I went back. I'm not yeah. a guy to be like. <laughs> Let's sort out this will. Yeah. Like, that's not my. Head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What's it? Probate.
2: <laughs> yeah, is that the voice? <laughs> yeah, that's the voice. Oh, man. <laughs> Basically,
0: I'm aiming for even stupider Vin Diesel. <laughs> Which is why I care so much about family. It's, it's about family.
1: God, I don't I don't have one because of the fire. It's
2: all right, Madeline. I'll do the speaking for both of us.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you'll tell them all about it when you see them again.
2: <laughs> uh, Our gang was
1: a shoe, and you were the tongue. <laughs> But you know what? Together, you were the soul.
2: Aww. Yeah. And you were the boot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Too many laces, not enough shoe. <laughs> anyway, Velcro won't be invented for another few years. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, for the purposes of the current narrative, uh, Ryan, I'm going to say assume that you have maybe $100 on right. you really, rather than $250. Uh, and we'll set your spending cash at 25 bucks. Granted, it is 1932, so <laughs> I'm doing fine. Yeah, you're doing fine, um, and I think that's probably just because you just carry money on you. <laughs> yeah,
0: so sorry, a hundred for ca- hundred for
1: cash. Yeah, and, and then then 25 for spending. 25 for spending. Great, that makes sense. Thank you. Cool. Um, so um, I'm going to say, um, Adrian, you're inside, probably uh, ordering um, some food. It's sort of a, a, a classic dusty side of the road diner. Um, off of a pretty major, major road. Uh, obviously Maine is beautiful, so it's not like it's a desolate patch, but like this is not the best. Um, you may need to make that money kind of ride for a long time. Um, and red, uh, I think maybe to help justify why you haven't just taken this money from him. Um, you're kind of like a a fast talking, uh, silver-tongued con woman. Is that kind of, kind of the vibe you're going for? Essentially. Cool. So I think maybe there might be a thing for you where there's a little bit of discomfort in asking him for money, like you're the face, like you're you're the one who figures shit out. So mm-hmm. like um, you're aware the money is there. And if you absolutely had to use it, like he's offered to buy food. So it's like, yeah, this is fine. But in greater terms, it's like, no, we got to.
2: I have my pride.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
2: And plus, I don't need money. I get what I want through other means.
1: Bam. Um, so as he's inside ordering food, uh, you are outside, um, I think, kind of like leaning against uh, the car. The car is on its last legs. Uh, it got shot up a bit, uh, so it's, it's a pretty busted up, sort of classic uh, fancy. I, I'm not a huge car guy, so uh, <laughs> let's say Batman, the animated series style, like car that would get hit, sideswiped in the middle of Gotham kind of like Roadster, Mm -hmm. it it would be very expensive. It's a very old Ford. (laughs) That's a safe bet, Show We did it. All right. Uh, Get at me, car Twitter. Um, Yeah, they're listening to our Cthulhu (laughs) comedy and live play RPG (laughs) podcast. Start listening, car Twitter.
3: (laughs) Listen to us in your cars. I think
0: we just found our show's hashtag. You You Car Twitter.
1: (laughs) Hashtag car Twitter. Um, So... um, Red, right, I think you're, you're kind of leaning against the hood of the car. Um, can you describe what you look like?
2: Absolutely. So, uh, Red is, uh, quite tall and thin. She's about five foot 10. Um, very, very pale, long red hair pulled down to a braid, uh, halfway to her back. Um, bowler hat. She dresses mostly in men's clothing. Uh, right now she's got a jacket slung over her shoulder. She's wearing a white shirt with suspenders, high-waisted pants and shiny shoes. Ooh. And, uh, I don't know about the open, like I said, I don't know about the open carry rules of this land. She also has two fancy pistols. Um,
1: yeah, I, I think, uh, it's, it's a rough and tumble enough time. Um, and I think you give off enough of a vibe of like a, a gangster tough that mm-hmm. I think open carry is fine. Right. Um, Oh, I man. didn't. 1930s almost, Fords are classy as shit. I was gonna say I didn't specify, but I'm wearing a tuxedo
0: uh, because Adrian always wears a tuxedo because he considers it a work uniform. Hmm. Uh, he is constantly overdressed by accident. Uh, he looks
2: so fancy.
0: Yeah, he looks like the world's fanciest, spookiest butler.
2: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So uh, mildly androgynous looking, uh, very striking features. Not overly feminine, though.
1: Wicked. Um So. What uh, maybe we'll do this in a bit. Yeah, we'll come back to this. Um, so uh, Claire, uh, Red is currently reading um, a letter, um, and it's one of several that you've received, kind of over over the years. Um, normally, you kind of ignore these because your, your life back in Helmfirth uh, is is not a. It's you. You look back fondly on the idea of being a kid, but being a kid seems so far removed from the life you've led since then that uh, really. You know, it's almost like it had happened to another person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, when you started receiving letters uh, from little Benny Jones, uh, who now, of course, goes by Benjamin, um, in his letters, you still would call him Benny, I su- suspect. Um, you generally just kind of gave them a quick glance and ignored them. Um, do you think you told Adrian about them?
2: Um, yeah, I think so.
1: OK. And I'm he- in
2: charge. It's not like he's going to go running away.
1: Right. Um, so basically, um, Benny stayed back, um, after the fire, his parents, uh, weren't attending the church service. He only came along because the mystery punchers were determined that there might be something afoot. Um, he, uh, he stayed in Helmfirth and, um, went on to, uh, become a journalist. Uh, he wrote for the local paper, the Globe, um, which constantly gets sued by the Boston Globe, but has <laughs> managed to remain open nevertheless. Uh, it has the same logo and everything. It's like a bad basketball team. Um, so he's uh, he's been working at the Globe, and he is convinced that something is is wrong uh, with Helmfirth. Um, and uh, Richter, uh, you would have remained in contact, I think, with with Benny. I think he okay. he would stop by from time to time, and he's probably one of the only main touch points you've had in town. And I, I think it's almost like. Um, one of those kind of like incredibly uh, charming things that that sometimes people do when they meet someone who has similar interests but is much much older and seems really disconnected is you know he'd stop by he'd bring food, um, you'd sit. Uh, you think like is Richter a coffee guy? Is he a tea guy? Is he a booze guy? What's his? Ah, uh, tea. Tea. Yeah. So I think he'd come by and like you'd have tea out of exotic teapots from from various corners of the world that you'd manage to to find and and kind of talk through the occult and talk through. Mm things and i think it was always done in kind of a it it's two people talking about ghosts who both secretly believe in ghosts but don't necessarily want to admit okay. i think like i think you've both been told you're crazy enough uh maybe you you're a little more open about it but for him it's always like oh i mean i don't th- i don't think there's a bigfoot, but like if there's a bigfoot, <laughs> i think he'd be here because yeah, yeah. i've been triangulating so on and so forth right now um so we'll come back to you in a few minutes. Also, thank you for your patience, Tyler. Oh, uh, this is a delight. Oh, okay. <laughs> good. Okay. Just listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tyler is Patreon zero. He gets it <laughs> as it happens. Yeah. Aww. Well, not right now, but you know. Cool. So yeah. So um, Benny's been telling you about uh, Old Man Richter and how he's doing, and um, kind of the the various investigations they've got going. Um, where the fire kind of took everything from you and Adrian, um, and forced you into it onto a completely different path. Um, it seemed to almost make Benny more himself. Um, he still very much has that. Uh, that glee and and that that spark of wonder and joy that that um, the four uh, you and uh, Sally and Adrian all had as kids, um, and so I think there's there's something kind of sweet in that, but also again it feels so far removed. And when you're when you're dodging the cops and the mean streets of Boston, it's kind of hard to care What some guy's doing in some po down town. Indeed. Um, <laughs> but uh, this one um, uh, disturbed you a little bit, and the timing actually seemed to work out pretty well uh, to get run out of town. Uh, because um, Benny said he he thought he was on to something, and um, in his letter he describes that um, there was there was more to the church fire than uh, than he thought, or that that you could have thought, and uh, that maybe what happened to Adrian um, wasn't really your fault after all. Um, so he says he's he's on to something pretty big. However, um, he also mentions and it's all very cryptic, but that he seems to be coming up against some resistance. It's the kind of things Old Man Richter always used to talk about that you know you have to be careful who you talk to about this sort of stuff. Um, recently he wrote a feature for the globe that was suppressed, um, about, uh, a haunting, uh, in, in Helmfirth that he, he thought uh, he was onto. Um, but, uh, anyway, he says that, uh, he, he knows that you're kind of on your own way and he hasn't heard from you in, in years, but, um, he sincerely hopes that, uh, you and Adrian are doing well, um, but also kind of pleads with you to, to come back to Helmfirth and, and help him, uh, further investigate this. Um, perhaps most damning of all, he, he says like, like Sally would do it. And like, we, we should do it for Sally. Um, so you've been, you've been hanging on to this, uh, for probably, uh, I don't know, maybe a month, month and a bit now. Um, things were pretty tenuous in Boston at the time. Um, uh, Capone particularly was, was starting to become a bigger and bigger problem. And as a small operation, there was really only so much you guys could do. Uh, so now at loose ends, um, you kind of take the letter back out and you, you give it a look. And I think the the sort of draw home is is stronger, uh, stronger mm-hmm. than it's ever been. So my question to you um, is, do you think, so you've been receiving these letters. H- what have you been telling Adrian? Have you been relaying their contents completely? Or do you think you've been spinning them a bit for him? Like what's, how does that relationship work, do you think?
2: Well, Adrian, are you the type of person who the second that you heard news from home, you'd be like, let's go home? I think that answer would determine mine.
1: I think,
0: honestly, Adrian is pretty... Ha- he's like a puppy. Like, he'd just fall around wherever you're going. Like, yeah, he probably can't even keep track of an extended story. Like, he'd be able to keep track of, like, one letter if you told him. But if you say it's
1: important, it's important. If you say it's not, it's not.
2: Yeah, fantastic. And I think that's exactly what it is. I think it's just like, oh, look at these little notes from Benny. That's cute. Anyway, business.
1: Right. Okay, cool. So enough that that he knows that Benny's, like, still thinking of him, but not... Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, do you think you relate any... Oh, okay. Well, actually, that probably answers that question then. So, yeah, that's that's good So. This is this has been a you thing. Um, now, tell me, did you Yeah, have I
2: don't think I've relayed the contents of this one to you. Right.
1: Him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that makes perfect sense because it's it's a heavier one. Um, so uh, if we can dip briefly back in your time in Boston with the shoestrings. Um, shoelaces. Shoelaces. I'm so sorry. I didn't write it down. I was yeah, writing I down otherwise
0: I have to hear you. Get at me, <laughs> continuity, Twitter.
1: <laughs> get your friends yeah, from car yeah, Twitter and roll up in here. Get in line, C-Twitter. <laughs> Okay, shoe strings. Laces, strings, laces. Laces. Shit, I even wrote it down wrong. God damn. Shoe Um, laces. Yep. I did it. I even wrote a little box around it. There we go. We'll just have to reprint the merch. It's fine. Let's <laughs> get this tattoo redone. It's fine.
2: <laughs> he actually went out and got a tattoo. He's been yeah.
1: very busy. While <laughs> well, honestly, I had this to stuff. get a lot of different words tattooed on me yeah. because I knew one of yeah, them would Yeah, because be you were right. trying to recreate Jared Leto's thing. The Joker look. Oh, yeah. 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 I
0: mean, it was for continuity, but it was also matching The Joker. It's multiple yeah. reasons. That's actually
1: why I wear so many hats. I'm trying to hide the damage that's tattooed across the line of my forehead. <laughs> okay. Exactly. I mean, you pull off the grill so well, though. Oh, thanks, man. It was the most expensive one, but I've got dental care now.
2: Green hair, not so much.
1: Oh, all right. <laughs> Well, nobody's perfect. My horoscope was right. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So, um, when you were running with the shoelaces, um, how big do you think this gang was?
2: Um, I think enough to be a major player in the game, but not enough that everybody was ever concerned that we were going to like take over Boston. Okay, so I you don't had- think she wanted to take over Boston.
1: So, like, basically, you had like a borough that was yours. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And um, it wasn't
2: you- the nicest. Uh, but that's why she dresses real nice.
1: Mm, okay, I like that. I like that. So a bit of a like uh, Don Corleone, like I'm gonna walk down the street and people will give me donuts and stuff because I'm fancy. Like yes. pe- Peaky Blinders scale. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's a good. That's a good uh, equivalent.
1: Wicked. Oh, and that also kind of explains the tuxedo. Actually, that's kind of a nice. Um, well, nice I mean parallel. she looks good, so I'm I have to represent. Yeah, cool. Um so in line with that, um What if we get invited to a birthday party? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta look good. And you do. Ish. Um Red, uh, do you think you had any any friends or advisors, or was it just kinda you and you and Adrian against the world and then everyone else was like a member of the gang, but not they were, you know, the, the Batman 66 cronies who wear your costume, but can't hang out with you.
2: I think I was much more the face of the gang. And then I had like, I had my accountant. I had my person to help me evade taxes. I had, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, but I was the, I was the face. I was the head. I was the person who anybody talked to.
1: So when a letter like this arrives with this kind of damning emotional information in it, did you have anyone you would tell about this or have you just been?
2: No, this is, this is, this is just for me.
1: Okay. Wicked. And how do you think red's feeling about this now?
2: Um, you know what? I think she's looking at it as an opportunity because they've just been running out of town, and uh, she's got nowhere else to go. And maybe her old city needs a gang.
1: It is Helmforth is a fairly prosperous town. Um, it's uh, you know it's a, a mix. The, the depression hasn't really hit it the way it has a lot of other places. Uh, a lot of old money. Um, so people who wouldn't really be affected by market change. Um, Fantastic. And, and, uh, yeah, so there, there, there might be possibility also it was literally something you'd never, I think occurred to you when you had Boston, but without Boston, like this is a, I'm saying, Andrew, close enough that if you ever want to go back, you, you could try, you know? Uh, okay, cool. Um, Adrian in the gang, uh, there were a bunch of other toughs, that sort of thing. Obviously you follow red around. Um, I think, I think you had like, did you have a friend in the gang or did you have a pet?
0: realistically, I probably just had pets. Like, there'd just be people I liked and people I didn't like. And they would, that would be it. Or they're like, what do you think about it? I like him. Or okay. I like, do like him. So, like, m- maybe
1: let's say... Like and he,
0: a, he, I think, instinctively trusts all women. <laughs> just cool.
1: Universally, he's like, oh, they're good. Cool. Yeah, that, that, okay, that tracks with what I'm thinking about your backstories. That works nicely. And the
2: one he doesn't trust, you know, if they disappeared, nah.
1: <laughs> That's a red problem. <laughs>
2: that's a me problem, darling. I'll take care of that.
1: Um, so I think maybe it's like you're rather than a pet, you had like a bunch of feral cats. And maybe do you think you thought they were all the same cat or just oh. you had like multiple cats and you just kind of dug all of them?
0: I think he probably had multiple cats, but he probably thought there was only one cat. Like, I yeah, just that. the yeah, idea that, exactly that like he I just want. feeds I mean. whatever cat is in the house, assuming it's his cat. And then if he went into a different room, he'd be like, oh, I, I just you want more food, Like just like if he's got like ten cat balls and all the different rooms. I thought you rims.
2: were orange. Yeah, I guess I was Hello, wrong.
1: Rainbow cat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I suppose I'm also colorblind Good to see you again, Sprinkles. You <laughs> uh, run so fast. Wh- uh, what was the what was the name of quote quote the cat? Sprinkles. <laughs> Sprinkles. All right, great. <laughs> They're my
0: favorite part of a birthday party. <laughs> Just like this cat. I found it on my birthday. Oh, boom. There we go. That's true. Okay, great. Uh, Cannon. Do, so I think...
1: Uh, I was going to say there, there is a, I was going to say,
0: there is a cat I've never met before in this car that I think is Sprinkles. Well,
1: I was actually going to say that I think the way we'll play this for, for flavor is that you'll never bring a cat... Like, you can have a cat for this trip, but then when you get there, you're gonna let the cat go, and then it's just gonna continually be strange. Oh, Any because city you're in,
0: he, uh, he has never actually brought yeah. a cat anywhere. He just
1: assumes wherever
0: he's like Sprinkles goes, in and it comes back. Great. <laughs> I don't know how this cat always finds me. It's just uh, different <laughs> cats wherever he is.
1: Okay, that's great. All right, So you've got Sprinkles. Um, <clears throat> that's very fun. Um, okay, so, um, so Red, you've, you kind of, I think, made, made a decision, uh, sounds like, uh, that it's time to, time to go home, um, whether or not you actually connect with Benny or not, it will be up to you, but, um, you know, it seems, seems like the right thing to do. Um, so I think you make your way back in, um, possibly with a bit more spring in your step, having mm-hmm. some direction, uh, and it's time to inform Adrian of, uh, of, where, where you're, where you're off to and why.
2: Right. Um, hey, Diesel, you got those, uh. You got those burgers?
0: Uh, I'm eating half of a birthday cake. (laughs) 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 I just ordered the full dessert.
1: Uh, uh, The server walks by and she's like, you know, hon, I honestly, I was confused when he said uh, he wanted a birthday cake. I thought this being a burger joint, he would want a burger. But, you know, I just couldn't say no to that sweet tuxedo. Oh,
2: you know what? It's his birthday today and he just gets a little confused.
1: Oh, well, happy birthday, young man. How old are you? (laughs) Three. Well, that's very sweet. My son's three two. Well, listen, I can let you have the birthday cake on the house, but if you want uh, burgers, you know, unfortunately, I'm going to have to charge you. Oh,
2: of course, we wouldn't ask anything but that, Diesel.
0: Uh,
1: yeah, uh, and I just take out five dollars and give it to the lady. Um, okay, she she looks at it like it's it's a tremendous amount of money. Um, we'll and- be
2: taking our change.
1: Uh, She goes, oh, yes, dear, I thought so. (laughs) Uh, And she goes back and and makes some change. Um, And sure enough, uh, a few minutes later, comes out with a couple burgers. Um, So this is probably a good time to uh, touch Mm -hmm. on rules a little bit. Um, So uh, Call of Cthulhu is a percentile-based game, which sounds terrifying. And these character sheets look terrifying. I'm going to say something that's going to make them more terrifying, but I guarantee you it will sound less terrifying soon. Um, On this sheet, under your hero skills, you'll see you have three numbers beside each skill. Um, The big one is your main, uh, what's known as percentage. So ultimately, the way this game works, unlike, say, D&D, which is uh, trying to beat a certain difficulty number, you're trying to roll under these numbers. So the lower the roll, the better off you are. The higher the number on your skill, the better you are because the better your odds are for rolling under it. So when they call them percentages, it's literally because that's the percent.
0: So, like, I have a 90 in fighting brawl. So if I was fighting somebody, I'd want to roll means 89 have, or less.
1: Uh, or a 90. Ma- or it's or okay, So, so it's basically, match lower. it means you have a 90% chance of hitting in a brawl.
2: Is it a min-max kind of thing where it's like if we roll a one, we're do much better than if we did roll yep. a 90? So okay. that
1: brings us to our other tiny numbers. So the three numbers are uh, you've got your full, your full percentage. Um, the smaller one is your half percentage. Uh, And that tiny one is a fifth. Mm. So this is where my brain exploded briefly. um, (laughs) But then I read the rules more and I got less scared. Oh, so are those degrees of success? Yes, sir. Ah. So basically, um, there is an extreme success, a hard success, and a normal success. So a normal success is just rolling under your percentage. A hard success is rolling under half. And an extreme success is rolling under the fifth. Now, unlike D&D, this doesn't mean criticals and like I deal more damage. It more so means that... For example, um, looking at, uh, Claire, your character sheet here, you've got a one in archaeology. So, I mean, sorry, that's a bad example. Uh, Let's use accounting. So you have a five in accounting. So you have a 5% chance, which is the base that everyone has in accounting. Um, And if you're like, I want to make a budget, I'd be like, okay, roll under five. That's a a normal success.
2: And we're rolling with, uh, yeah, the 10.
1: Yeah, so you roll um, your percentile, which is uh, the 10s, and then you roll a D10, which is your... D100 and a D10, right? Or two D10s if you know the difference. Yeah. Yeah. But if I was like, okay, now you need to file your taxes. It's like, okay, that's a bit harder. And particularly because you don't know accounting, you need to get under that too. Then if you're like... I want to pull off complex tax fraud. I'd be like, shit. You need a hard success. <laughs> I don't know why he's accounting for this. Uh, strength is easy too. Uh, if you want <laughs> no, lift- to, I like the accounting one. All right, great. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely the, the most qualified person at this table. He says, staring directly across the guy who works in finance, um, to be doing this metaphor. But <laughs> Tyler Tyler, defi- Tyler yeah, t-
2: has definitely committed corporate tax fraud at some point.
1: You rolled a one. <laughs> It's great. Hey, Good work. I did. Um, so, uh, and a basically a, a fumble, uh, we'll we get into all this when we go, is like if it's... Above the amount? Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's a little bit complicated, but uh, f- essentially it's like between 90 and 100 is a fumble. However, if you're... If your skill's a certain level, it gets wider than that or lower than that and blah, blah, blah. We'll get there. Anyway, all I'm going to say that um, most skills, uh, if you're looking at this, the higher the number, the better you are at it. So, Mm -hmm. for example, Red, if just now um, you'd wanted to try and obtain uh, the the burger in some other way, um, you could have used one of your skills. In this case, you actually had enough money and it was a simple enough thing that it wasn't really worth it. But Mm -hmm. uh, just so that you know in future, that's kind of where all of those live.
2: I could be like, I'm going to charm this woman. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Um, which brings us to our characteristics. So, um, Call of Cthulhu, um, I, I, grew up on D&D, uh, that's, that's kind of my base game, so I apologize to anyone listening if that wasn't your base game, or if you're like, why the fuck does he keep bringing it back to Dungeons and Dragons? There are other games. 100% true. Um, but that's kind of where my brain always goes, uh, so that's kind of the baseline, and since that's our network baseline as well, fuck it. Um, so basically, um, unlike D&D, uh, the stats here are a bit different. Uh, as you can see, there are some that are very similar, strength, uh, dexterity, um, intelligence, constitution. That said, there are also some ones that are different. So app is appearance. Um, that is how uh, conventionally or maybe unconventionally, but like basically how charismatic you are, uh, similar to charisma, but um, very much in like a, if you are naturally striking, et cetera, et cetera. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be um, the most handsome person or the prettiest person. What it does mean is that there's something about you that's just inherently.
0: So a 40 would be like middling,
1: uh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, nice. well, a fifty, a fifty is just like uh, you are average at
0: things. A oh, so forty is I'm so, just a little bit weird looking, which yep. <laughs> is accurate for the giant lurch man in a tuxedo <laughs> eating a birthday cake.
1: There you go, hundred <laughs> um, percent. <laughs> just a little bit off. So, how is uh, your power? So, power is uh, related to the mythos and related to resisting uh, magical effects. Um, it's a little bit like wisdom in D&D, but uh, also relates to how many magic points you get and kind of how you interact with the magical forces in the world. Um, size is literally your size. Um, it is kind of um, in, again, d terms, almost like in athletics, um, but also it uh, relates to your strength in close combat um, and a few other things. Um, there's education, which is uh, how much scholarly knowledge you have. Um, you'll notice that under int, it's got idea, and under edu, it's got know. Um, <laughs> bless you. Uh, similar to um, wisdom and intelligence in Dungeons & Dragons, the distinction here being that... Um, uh, I think it's actually intellect on intelligence. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, int is very much like... Oh, wait a minute. Like, just had a flash of insight. Like, it's it's your active brain. So street even smarts versus book smarts? Yeah, exactly. So even someone like Adrian... Could have a higher int because he's just like, oh, I can solve this problem because th- this means this. Whereas uh, education is how much time have you spent in study and that sort of thing. So th- it's the difference between, hey, you know what? It looks like that thing fits into that thing. That'll open the door. And, oh, this is based on an ancient Aztec mm-hmm. trap. Um, don't worry about your move rate because fuck that noise. Uh, current HP is your health, as you would imagine. Um this game also works a lot on sanity. Uh, as you know, the, the spooky horrors of Cthulhu are real spookifying. So um, occasionally you'll have to roll against uh, roll certain things to prevent your sanity from going. You can gain sanity back, but it's a, it's an important metric similar to your health. And then there's luck. So luck is kind of an interesting, vaguely amorphous ability in, in these games. The closest analog to d and would be something like Inspiration. Um, so on the one hand, it could be everything from if you're trying to cross, uh, let's say a pit trap, uh, that someone's put some grass over luck could be the difference between it giving way without you noticing or getting that extra second to leap out of the way. That said, you can also spend luck points in this game. So we'll get into that a bit later, but essentially because you're all pulp heroes and you're a little bit punchier than, than the average, uh, average bear, um, you can burn luck points to alter your roles. And to boost skills and to do things that uh, normal people wouldn't be able to do. That said, that will bring your luck down. Luck isn't—it doesn't refresh overnight, like in D and D with uh, hit points or anything else. Um, you can gain luck back from doing various things. You do gain some back at the end of every session, but. If you burn it down to zero, like it's going to take a while to refresh. Right. Okay. So definitely worth using, um, but uh, something not casually kind of thing if you want to have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something. So, some, and the other thing is like you can also do fine without it. Um, but uh, generally speaking, it's everything from like um, I think Ryan uh, on your pulp skills. I think you have something that lets you spend luck. I could be mistaken.
0: I don't don't know where anything is on these sheets. Hero skills or pulp skills? Uh, On on your second sheet. Oh, second sheet. My talents are tough guy and heavy hitter.
1: So with heavy hitter, for example, you can burn 10 luck, um, and that will allow you... Oh, avoid
0: malfunction, melee fumble, 10 luck. Have sanity loss. Uh, Sanity loss times two, luck. Stay stay conscious. One luck, double per round afterwards. Avoid death. All luck points spent requires luck of 30 more than 30
1: yeah and then a bunch of you will also have individual talents that will let you spend for example and
0: adjust skill rolls one luck per skill point
1: yeah so uh you can do that also like for example tyler um your character is very resourceful mm-hmm. um and the way that skill works is basically and I I fuck, s-
3: looks like i spend 10 luck i have whatever item i i yes, require for a situation. One of my
1: favorite fucking character mm-hmm. descript like Talent descriptions I've ever seen. So it's literally that idea of like, oh, I could have sworn um, there was something around. Oh, here it is, and just like you have a flashlight. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Um, actually, honestly, the way we play D anD D on Dum Dums, uh, the this is pretty much it's stress. like a combo of
0: inspiration and stress. Yeah,
1: it's a combo of ins- inspiration and stress. So cool. Yeah. So those are some of the rules we'll learn. Red. Now right. right. nom those burgers.
2: <laughs> nom, 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 nom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so you um yeah, so you've got your burgers, you've got your, your birthday cake, and uh yes, uh read the time has come to uh to fill fill Adrian in on the plan. Mm-hmm.
0: Sorry about the burgers. She asked me what I wanted, not what you wanted. So it's I got a birthday cake.
2: It's all right, darling. I'm here to think for the two of us. You're just here for to think for yourself and punch things that get in our way, hmm? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, Diesel darling, I uh I have a confession to make.
0: Oh, you're not supposed to do that when you talk to the police. You told me that. That's a rule.
2: I'm so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm very happy <laughs> I, I, I hold birthday cake with both hands But I don't know what to do with it
1: <laughs> uh, Also how are you keeping the birthday cake Off your sleeves did you roll them up um,
0: n- No I'm very careful I've eaten a lot of birthday cake So <laughs> okay. for me
1: like I, I have a hand that I
0: use to hold The parts of the cake with the icing that I keep away From my body and then I, I like Keep another
1: hand underneath it My hands are so big it's sort of like having two plates mm-hmm. So I catches. have one hand underneath to catch crumbs Awesome. Um, And just a a quick stylistic point, uh, Claire, because this is Claire's very first game with us on the network. So welcome, Claire.
2: I'm so happy to be here. Um,
1: (laughs) uh, Feel free, uh, as you see fit, um, to drop in and out of um, third-person description of what's going on and first-person. So, like, if it's a scene you're like, yeah, fuck yeah, Redwood really, like, I want to talk through this, feel free. But also if it's something like, I need to go into the item shop and buy a box of band-aids just not to be like well hello there i'd like to buy you can oh that's
2: so different from what i normally do so that's I fine
1: no we're dragging you out of the larp zone um <laughs> that's but, why i'm dropping in and out of voice yeah, so but regularly as i said feel free to play it however you want because right. basically um because uh, on our network we often have um people who've never played before right. we want to make sure that everyone kind of anyone's style works anyone's style works yeah. here but we also want to give you the freedom totally. for if you ever want to like Fast track your way through yeah, something. Great. Totally can. All my yep.
2: campaigns are always super talky, and that's what I normally. Which do, uh, okay. look,
1: I've been talking for an hour straight. Like you <laughs> yeah. talk as much as no, you I want. I mean, like
2: like role play based.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, again, yeah. it's completely up to you, um, awesome. and however much uh, you want or don't want to do, cool. uh, it's up to you. Just want to give you the option. Grand. Cool. Uh,
2: she uh, scoops a finger into your birthday cake and just kind of licks it off her finger. Hmm. Vanilla.
0: Yeah, it's good.
2: <laughs> it's very you. Now. And she kind of pulls out this letter. Um, Do you know what this is? Paper. (laughs) Again, how did I make it this far in life without you? Uh, This is another one from uh, our friend Little Benny Jones. Oh, he remembers me. He does. He speaks very fondly of you. Now, I am not partial to being emotionally manipulated, but that is, in fact, what has occurred in this letter. Now, I... I'm thinking, dear Adrian, that we have to go home.
0: Okay. <laughs> That's Eddie's just eating cake again.
2: That's exactly how I thought you'd take that. Are you ready to go uh, solve some mysteries?
0: Yeah, I need cake in the car.
2: <laughs> I don't know how far this car is going to take us, but we'll do our best.
1: So the two of you climb into the car. um Here you go to Sprinkles? Uh, the cat's gone.
0: I'm like, yeah. oh, he'll be back later. We should leave some cake for him. Um, uh, and I just put some cake on the floor outside the
1: car. Yeah, I was going to say, Adrian, I think uh, similar to like a statue that a bunch of pigeons have shit on. There's just like a bunch <laughs> of cake splatter around your seat because like. <laughs> Eating freehand and cake in a car <laughs> in like a nineteen thirties car that's been shot up is not great. I
0: mean, the amazing thing is there's none on the tuxedo, but that, I'm not well, protecting I, the car. I feel
1: like it's like a blast radius around the silhouette of you. Yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah. I do um, like the
0: idea of like uh like an
3: old-timey gangster tough, but with just, like, cake kind of smeared on his face. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, oh yeah. Again,
0: not on the tuxedo. No,
1: yeah, face no. I think is that's okay. even
2: more terrifying. Yeah, honestly,
1: <laughs> it, it is. I, I like I like that you kind of created this, like, Mr. Fix-It, um, <laughs> which was like the Hulk went through a phase where he was just a mob enforcer, and he just wore a tuxedo, and he's just like, oh, Hulk open door, Mr. Fix-It. Um, it's great. I love it. Um, wicked. So, um... With uh, with kind of the the happy nom nom nomming of uh, of Adrian chewing on his cake and talking to sprinkles who he assumes is near enough to the car to hear, um, Red you you kind of uh, turn your eyes to the horizon and uh, and begin the long drive home. This episode of H P Dumbcraft features the voices of Ryan the Plant at the Ryan the Plant on Twitter. Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, and keeper Tom McGee at McGee T D on Twitter, with special guest star Lehman Kessler as HP Dumcraft. asklovecraft.com and LehmanKessler.com. This episode was edited by Tom McGee, and all of Dum Dums and Dice's art is by decapitated markers at Decapitated Marker on Twitter. That's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are Dark Alleys and Sentinel by Kai Engel, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, and their music is available on freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dice, And you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Hail Cthulhu.
0: Dumb Dumbs and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, the Half-Blind Prophet. James Cuellar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Joshua White, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon, too, at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you.
3: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
0: How much do you know about cryonic preservation? Cryonic preservation. The preservation of human beings at extreme low temperature.
3: <laughs> you mean like, like uh, Walt Disney? Nah, I
0: swear to God, if you say anything about Walt Disney's frozen head, I'm hanging up this phone right now. Swear to me, you've never heard of the Red Valley seabolt until I just told you. I swear. You swear? Could you take
3: your hand off my knee? Look,
1: Warren, if they're sending the butter-wouldn't-melt new boy looking for Red Valley, it'll be for a reason. Trust me are losing their lives in this company we pulled him out too soon he is awakening exactly as we planned he's dying on me
2: we're all murderers here brianie you me that doorman probably guy on the corner there with a neck tattoo i bet he's killed someone
1: would you like to cut his head off i'm sorry The sword is funny gordon why are you sharing this stuff with me why are you smiling i don't know I smile when things get awkward. Get in your golden bullet, pick me up. You want to go to Red Valley? You want to go to Red Valley.
0: Red Valley. Red Valley. Red Valley. Red Valley. Red Valley is available on all podcast providers. Do you want to continue?